Hello, welcome to a Thursday afternoon edition of Bill Allen's Facebook Studies. We are going through a book on the Psalms, which one of my favorite books, as I have told you. Uh, this book is written, uh, the Psalms, one of my favorite Bible books. This book on the Psalms is a daily devotional book written by Timothy Keller and his wife, Kathy. And uh, so we've been going through that. I've been reading that uh, each day through uh, the year so far. I'm uh, pretty well caught up. And uh, same with My Utmost for His Highest, which is the one that we're doing on Tuesdays by Oswald Chambers. And today we're going to be looking at the theme, the topic of an undivided heart, which is a line from Psalm 86. Nice to see my dear friends Cindy and Eric here along with us, and I'm sure that there will be others uh, that are watching either live or recorded as my cousin Gail stops in and says hello, hello, love you and Keith, glad to have you. Uh, today's psalm is Psalm 86. And it is one of those uh, lines that surprises you. You know, we we think, well, it the problem with the Old Testament is that there's just nothing about the heart. There's just nothing about love, all of those things. And the truth is, that's not true. <laughs> the truth is, there's a lot about that. In fact, when Jesus quotes the two great commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, he's quoting from the law. He's quoting from the Old Testament law. And, uh, and we also find many passages that talk about um, following God wholeheartedly, including Psalm 119, which the whole psalm, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, as I've said. And as I've also said, the theme is the Word of God. Um, and I think that's not by accident. I think that's a, a significant thing to consider. Uh, but one of the lines, one of the verses in Psalm 119, David says, Hey, uh, Lord, I, you hear me because I've, I seek you wholeheartedly and seek to do your will wholeheartedly. And, uh, of course, in the New Testament, we read much about doing that as well. And, um, and the psalmist in Psalm 86, who it appears, according to the title, is King David also. And, uh, and in that psalm, there is the line that says, hey, I'm seeking to follow God uh, wholeheartedly, and I'm crying out to you. Like many of the psalms, uh, and we've seen that firsthand, uh, the psalmist in Psalm 86, likely David again, is uh, going through a real rough patch and crying out to God for deliverance. But in the midst of that, there's kind of a beginning and an ending, but in the middle of that, it's where he acknowledges that he's seeking God wholeheartedly with an undivided heart. That is exactly what he says. But let's get there first, shall we? Starting in verse 1 of Psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Over and over and over and over again, kind of repetitious, uh, but David is crying out to God for help. He is in trouble, and he, there were many times when David was in trouble and was going through difficulties, and King Saul and his own son Absalom and others would try 
uh, to attack him and kill him and take his life. But David cried out to the Lord, and the Lord was there to hear and to deliver. And that's certainly what this psalm is about as well. His enemies are surrounding him and attacking him, as this psalm will later acknowledge. And um, and and the king, King David, uh, calls God Lord, which also is related to that idea of sovereignty. Uh, David is reminding himself that even though he is the king of Israel, God is the king of kings. And I think when we consider our most difficult times, uh, we realize that it, it may be that what we need to remember is exactly who the king really is, uh, who God is. I love the Twilight Paris song. It's an older song, God is in control. And that is, boy, what a what a great song that is for this day and time when things seem to be so crazy. And they're only going to get worse over the next months as we lead into uh, this political campaign that gets really hot as the year progresses and especially after 2024 begins. And then, of course, all of the things going on next year and all of the things that are going on even without politics. There are lots of difficulties, lots of issues, lots of concerns. And so we understand, uh, we understand and we seek God's truth and God's love and God's uh, sovereign power to be at work in our lives. Uh, David says, bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. And that's uh, exactly what he mentions in the next section uh, calling it an undivided heart. We put our trust in the Lord with an undivided heart. Uh, Psalm 86, starting in verse 8 now. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart, the middle of verse 11 says, that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. David asks for an undivided heart in verse 11, and uh, acknowledges and promises God, I will praise you, verse 12, Lord my God, with all my heart. And we realize that sometimes our hearts get divided. We, uh, Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two lords. There's only going to be one sovereign in your heart. And Jesus says, basically, I, I won't share it with anybody or anything. And sometimes we are insincere in our hearts. We, we don't really have that full motive of uh, wholehearted devotion to God. Uh, sometimes we're just not fully committed uh, with our heart, an irresolute heart, as the Kellers call it. Uh, sometimes we can have a willful resentment even of the authority of God. Uh, we remember Paul's words in Romans 7 where he says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the very things I find myself doing. And at the end of Romans 7, he says, what a wretched man I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? 
And then he answers his own question and says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that leads into the great Romans 8, starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But those who are in Christ Jesus are called to do the same thing that David said he did and that he prayed for. And that is follow him with an undivided heart. I love how this uh, psalm goes in verses 11 and 12. Because in verse 11, um, and he, it's like he's praying to God to give him an undivided heart. And then in verse 12, he says, I do that. I'm going to do that. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Uh, David's goal is not just to have an undivided heart for the sake of, of having a, a, a following God wholeheartedly, but he's doing that as an act of worship, he says, so that I may fear your name. That whole concept of fear in the Old Testament it comes from the wisdom literature, and it, it's more than just being afraid of God, and it certainly doesn't mean that. That's a very immature devotion, level of devotion to God. But it's a, a relevant one, and, some, and we typically start out that way. Uh, but what it's talking about, fearing God, is following God wholeheartedly, as we've been saying, with an undivided heart, uh, worshiping God, serving God, fearing God, and keeping his commandments, the Old Testament talks about. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom the Old Testament says, and that's, uh, that's what David is, is calling out to God for. Um, with an undivided heart, following you wholeheartedly, I will serve you, Lord, uh, with every part of my being. Uh, it's so that he can give God joyful, awe-filled love and worship with his entire being. It's deliberate. I will praise you, David says. I give myself to you. And Paul felt the same way, even though he realized that he fell and no one fell deeper than <laughs> King David and the Apostle Paul. I mean, they, Paul calls himself the worst of sinners for all he did to destroy the church. And yet he was forgiven and he followed Jesus with an undivided heart. King David the same, his horrible sin uh, with Uriah and Bathsheba and lying to the people of the whole nation and lying to himself and to God. Um, it, it was a, a horrible, horrible thing, and yet he repented, cried out to God for forgiveness in Psalm 51, acknowledged receiving that forgiveness in Psalm 32. Basically, that's what you do when you do what David's talking about here, relying on God's faithfulness Giving, uh, having an undivided heart, uh, fearing and serving and worshiping the name of the Lord, which is basically meaning to worship the Lord himself, uh, praising our God, our King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords with all our hearts. That's, that's what we do. We give ourselves uh, to God. Uh, everything that we have and are, we give to God. So let's read the last section of this great psalm, Psalm 86. Arrogant foes, verse 14, are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. 
They have no regard for you, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Many times in the Old Testament, and that's how God it describes himself as he calls out his name and presents himself to someone such as Moses in the cleft of the rock in the book of Exodus uh, or Isaiah in Isaiah 6. Verse 16 of Psalm 86, turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Oh, what a wonderful statement. Uh, he was the son of Jesse, but his mother was a powerful impact on him as well. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Just as he says in that wonderful 23rd Psalm, that great Psalm of faith that calls on God uh, as being his shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, David here calls on God to help him and to, and to bring him deliverance from his enemies. Give me that sign of your goodness so that they'll know, so that those enemies will see it and be put to shame, David prays. Uh, because you, Lord, he says, have helped me and comforted me. Men who have no high regard for God, in verse 14, that's who David's enemies are. And yet it's interesting that in this psalm, he appeals to God's great mercy on himself, but also so that the others would see, uh, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame, for you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. It seems that David is concerned for those who are uh, his enemies, who are attacking him, which would be true if it were King Saul, uh, which would be true if it were his son, Absalom, which would be true no matter who it is. That was David's heart, the man after God's own heart. Uh, David is open to God's correction, to God's discipline. We see that throughout his life. Uh, he's willing to examine himself uh, but he also wants to see God uh, deliver him for his own safety, but so that others may be able to turn to God uh, through him. Uh, we recognize that when people are our enemies or are being critical of us, it's uh, pretty easy for us to just jump and criticize back or to discount it completely. Um, but David seems to be one who is willing uh, to uh, pause and to pray for his enemies, to pray for his own deliverance, certainly, but not just for himself, but even for those uh, who stand against him. Uh, David was one who was willing to hear the word of God from the prophet Nathan and repent. Uh, we should be following his example and be willing to repent. You see, that's what an undivided heart is. It's not a sinless heart. It's not a sinless life that we have when we approach God, but it's a life that seeks to please him. It's a life that seeks his forgiveness. It's a life that seeks his help. It's a heart that is undivided as we seek to serve him and to follow him as our only sovereign, our only king, our only Lord, because that's what we wanna do. And that's what we pray for, for an undivided heart. That's what we pray for, that God will give us the courage and the strength to serve him wholeheartedly. I hope that that's what you're trying to do, following God and serving him with all of your heart. Uh, that's what King David tried to do. Obviously, that's what the Apostle Paul tried to do. That's what you and I need to do as well. 
Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for all of our blessings, for the ways you've delivered us in the past, for the blessing of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior, the Son of God. Father, we pray, along with King David, uh, that you would give us an undivided heart, that we may serve you faithfully. We pray, Father, that as we serve you wholeheartedly, that others will see that and will be put to shame if they are standing against you and will follow us, Father, in uh, the example of turning to you. Father, you've been there for us always in the past, and we know that you are there for us today and will always be there for us. Just as your son promised, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Heavenly Father, help us to be with you, to serve you with an undivided heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you can stay out of the heat. And I look forward to seeing you online. I'm starting a new sermon series this uh, uh, this Sunday, a, a joyful life, J-O-Y-F-U-L-L. Maybe not correct grammatically. Sorry, you English teacher friends. But a joyful life. And it's going to be based on that wonderful book of Philippians, which is being written by Paul as he calls on us to rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, while he is in jail, wondering in a Roman prison if he will even be freed. That is an undivided heart. I look forward to seeing you soon.